0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Goblin Lore. This episode was one of our few episodes that we were actually able to record in person, which is always a fun and delightful experience, but it makes it a little bit tough for engineering and definitely tough for editing. So if there are any odd clicks, noises, echoes, reverbs, that sort of thing, you'll have to forgive us, and we solemnly and genuinely beg your forgiveness for that. We also stretch a little bit beyond our usual time of maximum 45 minutes here, but again, this is a really good conversation that we've been wanting to have for a couple of weeks now, and so we just kinda got on a roll at a certain point and, and really dug in. We were really excited to bring to you our second goblin profile. Our first one was Cranko, so go check that out in our archives if you are interested in learning more about the legendary goblins of Magic the Gathering. But today, we get to talk my personal favorite, and that's Slow Bad. So, without any further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of Goblin Lore. This episode, we are talking about... Friendship, glowy, warm, squishy friendship. Friendship, friendship is magic. I think the real magic was the friends we made along the way.
1: (laughs) Insert third bad joke here. (laughs) And
0: those podwalkers are my friends who will be introducing themselves in a second. But just to really keep this podcast slightly on the rails, here we are talking about friendship in the context of slow bad. A goblin artificer from the plane of Mirrodin. This is our second, I believe, goblin profile in our Goblin Profile After series. After Krenko. After
1: Kranko, yep.
0: Go check out Cranko OG. Uh, then we get to Slobad, the friendliest, squishiest, happiest goblin of them all. And possibly the smartest, but we'll get into that in a minute. First, I would like my co-hosts to introduce themselves with... Uh, As usual, we do a little bit of an intro question and that question this week is, if you were to cast a magic buddy cop movie, who
2: would your two protagonists be? So, um, I'm Hobbs Q. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q. So, uh, this is actually something that we talked a little bit about off the air. Alex brought up this amazing idea, and I had to flesh it out and run with it. And I literally mean run with it. And it's now going to be artwork in my future baby's room. This will be the second time we've mentioned my kid coming on air. So, shout out to Baby Hobbs. Yeah. Decided this week to start calling it Goblin, and Jen hasn't said no. Does
0: that make it a Hobbs Goblin? Pun counter is at six.
2: <laughs> so my buddy cop movie would actually be Nickel Bolas and Squee. And if you haven't had a chance, I do have art <laughs> up of this uh, over on my Twitter page that um, our friend Tappy Toeclaws... Sydney, Sydney, Yep, yeah, the cosplayer did for me. But it basically is because this, this idea is so great. Basically... Bolas needs Squee for some reason because, I mean, Squee's immortal. He knows stuff. Bolas needs to find out what Squee knows. So they're kind of on an adventure together. But Squee is completely annoying, and Bolas just keeps killing him. But Bolas doesn't understand why Squee isn't dying. So he's getting more and more frustrated. And squeeze just like, it's great, I have a friend. This is so awesome. He's like completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that Bolus is like the one killing him on a pretty much daily basis. So he's just like, I'm along for an adventure. I have friends. He's thinking it's great. And Bolus is just getting more and more, like, he can't figure out why he can't kill this thing. So that's, I mean, I'm going with it. I love it. <laughs> I would watch it. I'm Alex
1: Newman. Uh I'm on Twitter at AlexanderNewM. Um, I think my my buddy cop combo that I think could be entertaining, there, interesting to watch, would be um, Gideon and Danitha. Um, just because I think they're two characters that could really get along. I think there's a, they have a lot in common. I think they'd be have a have an interesting conversation. And then the more we kind of talked about this idea, the it occurred to me because it didn't occur to me at first for some reason that there's no Shuin. For like the, the the wild card plays by you know they're both kind of plays by the rules, and so I think there would be an interesting conflict of them trying to figure out who who kind of that wild card would be the loose cannon so as it were.
2: Yeah, I mean the funny part is here is like the buddy cop movie trope is it's the it's the. Um... It's uh, what's his name? It's the it's It's, the veteran Glover. Yeah, it's and and Mel Gibson and then the loose cannon Mel Gibson. You know, Riggs. Yeah, and like I'm too old for this. I'm one day from retirement. But who is that in this situation? (laughs) Right? Like, yeah. I I would like to see Gideon reset his own shoulder though after breaking (laughs) it by just slamming
0: himself into a wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd watch it. He is beef slab, so I could see it happen. I could see it work. Uh, and I am Joe Redman. you can find me on Twitter at findhorn. that's F-Y-N-D Horn, and I think I have to go ridiculous for this one, you guys took this way too seriously, so what the- <laughs> I'm going to choose the Vendillion click, the three fairies from Lorwyn Morningtide, who are all triplets, there's two girls and a boy, and... They just squabble with each other all the time, and eventually they end up, like, fighting each other in the end, and they all end up killing each other. It's really great, really good family drama. I think it would be a lovely cross between not only Lethal Weapon, but then you also get a little bit of the Mean Girls genre in there, too, and I think that would be perfect. I would pay so many dollars to see that. I would go broke seeing that movie. So with with this ridiculous notion aside, we are here to talk about good... Groups of people, you know, friendships. That's, I mean, we're here to talk about people who make each other better in groups. And that's what, that's what a buddy cop does, and that's what we're going to talk about today with Slowbad in our Goblin profile. So that's what we're talking about with Slowbad, is, you know, how he got through in life, mostly through his friends. I mean, that's kind of the story of the Mirrodin cycle, is is this group of friends who come together under unique, weird circumstances kind of save the world and then end up with a series of very tragic things but we won't get to that yet that will save there's good stuff before then so at the outset slow bad is a goblin he's a goblin artificer he liked to play with machines and tinker and you know make stuff and blow stuff up as goblins are wont to do when they get tools in their hands um he was born under a a bad omen. Uh, apparently his parents and and it seems like most of the goblin tribes on Myrdan are are pretty All superstitious. superstitious. Yeah. yeah. They're they're pretty superstitious people. And so his parents kind of did the Oedipus thing and abandoned him on the mountainside and said, "Well, we're not going to kill you. So if you can make your way in the world without us, then fine, you do it." Uh, and so the leader of the Kark clan, which we know from a a infamous modern uh, magic card Quark clan ironworks, Dwugget is it was the chieftain of the Quark clan, found Slobad, raised him, and Slobad became a member of this group. And so... Well, kind
2: of became a member of this group. I mean, he, he was raised kind of by them. He wasn't cast out or killed by them. But he also really wasn't... He probably wasn't in the foundry really building the ironwork.
0: No, that's the funny thing about this clan is... Many of them were iron workers, cast workers, that sort of stuff, almost the more blue-collar metal workers uh, among the goblins. Slobad, though, was much more interested in the theoretical stuff. He was more of an inventor. He was more of a tinkerer. He built machines with the metal that was made. He built you know he refurbished golems he did all sorts of crazy stuff and they all, all everybody in the Quark clan sort of looked at him as, as an outsider they knew what his origin was, they knew where he came from and on top of that his behavior was you know a little bit odd to them and so they sort of like kept him to the side um, and so eventually Slobad was captured in a raid by the Leonin of Mirrodin and became sort of a slave to Raksha, the leader of the Leonin people the, the Ka of the Leonin and, um, you know, he sort of developed a, a kind of f- friendship and an affinity with, with Slobad. And Slobad, I don't rem- I don't really know if he ran away, if that was what it was established, or if Raksha freed him. But by the point that we meet Slobad in the story, he has escaped from the Leonin, but he's kind of been cast out by the Kark clan and he has no home to go to. And so he's just living in these caves in the Oxida Mountains. Yeah, he's a
2: hermit at this point. I mean, he, he basically is living this kind of solitary, loner life that he's... But he's living in the Oxida Mountains where he is able to create. I mean, he's got the supplies that he needs. He still is making stuff at this point. And, I mean, one of the things I love about Slowbad is... Slow Bad is an intelligent goblin. And I mean, we make lots of jokes. We all are really big fans of goblins, but we know that historically and in magic, goblins are not intelligent. I mean, one of my favorite flavor texts of all times is like the goblin word for flying is like falling slowly. Or I mean, it's like... <laughs> I mean, it's like Goblin fl- glider. Yeah, from I mean, it's, it's, yep. it, it's the idea that goblins are not intelligent. And then we get Slow Bad. And Slow Bad, like you said, he's an artificer. I mean, he is a tinker. He is actually incredibly smart, and he's living this hermit lifestyle. He's living alone in the mountains. He's been cast out at one point from his family. He's been sent to live with a clan that doesn't really, you know, they don't like him necessarily. I mean, they put up with him. him. Yeah, and then he gets enslaved. I mean, he may have developed a friendship, but he was a slave. I mean, he, he basically was living that, and now he's living by himself, which is where we kind of jump in on him.
0: Well, and so where we meet him, too, is he's living actually in the caves where the leveler beasts go to hibernate until they go out again. And so if you didn't play Mirrodin's set or you don't, haven't read the story, the levelers are these, like, they're, I think they might actually be typed juggernauts. But they're these juggernaut-type creatures that roll around and just slash up anything, like people, trees you know terrain it doesn't matter they will just crush it chew it up and spit it back out they're kind of they're kind of the natural disasters of Mirdden
2: essentially well, so the the flavor text is once a century the levelers rip through every corner of Mirdden obeying the commands of an unseen master
0: yeah and so slowbad has found where they go to hibernate and he's just kind of poking around and seeing what they do and what makes them tick and and that's where we encounter him because we're following the story of glissa the elf and Glissa is sort of the protagonist of the story. She is the main character. She has been cast out because there is suspicion that her whole family was killed by her. What really happened is that a leveller destroyed their entire village, killed everyone and actually dragged Glissa away. <laughs> Glissa actually wakes up in this cavern with the levellers and but so she's she's you know just waking up from being attacked by the levellers and here's this voice and these footsteps around in this cavern, and and here's, you know, somebody messing around with them. And it turns out that this is slow bad, and he's trying to help free her, but, you know, she obviously doesn't know, doesn't trust it. And eventually, he does help free her. And when they start interacting, talking, and and going forward, initially, I think part of it is... Gliss has had a pretty rough couple of days leading up to this that she doesn't trust this person who just came out of the blue and helped her for no reason but we also see that Slobad talks in a really funny way and this is something that I I really wanted to bring up as part of this because you know you mentioned Hobbs that Slobad is probably the most intelligent goblin that we see in magic storyline like we talked about how clever Cranko is but I'm not sure that he's really intelligent like, well, he's, not bri- he's not brilliant in the sort of innovative, inventive no. kind of way.
2: Well, I mean, and in, in, in the storyline, History of Magic, he hasn't shown up yet.
0: Right. I, right. Mean, I mean... To this point, especially, yeah. To this slow point, medding, especially... Smartest
2: goblin ever. I mean, we're talking about, like, we've had Squee, and we're going to be getting to Squee eventually. And we want to say that we are getting to Squee, because we've, yep. we've had requests for that. But... Squee is not intelligent. Squee is like right place, right time kind of guy. Versus here, we have a legit, intelligent goblin. A genius. But we are introduced to him much like we are Yoda. And that's in, in Empire Strikes Back. I mean, one of the things that we see is when we first are... It does try to play on our expectations. Luke goes to Dagobah. He ends up uh, sinking his ship in the swamp and this creature tells him that he can basically take him to Yoda. But that is actually my favorite version of Yoda at that point because he's like hitting R2-D2 with a stick because he wants to take the flashlight from him. And he's like breaking Luke's stuff and he's going through everything. And Yoda talks with this the, the weird inflection where he mixes up his language uh, with verbs. Interestingly enough, I've seen analysis that it is the same language as Gollum. So Gollum actually has language patterns that are similar in terms of how he's mixed up. And once again, Gollum would not be considered to be unintelligent in that story, but we are presented with characters that talk in a certain way that are made to be seen, appear dumb based on that. And and I think when we've done this, you talked about you actually have some quotes from Slowbad that show just how this language looks in the storyline
0: yeah and so it's really fascinating um that you know they sort of t- glissa and Slowbad sort of talk about what the levelers are what their origins are who they serve you know what purpose they serve all that sort of stuff and Slowbad obviously studied these things for quite a bit and so he knows a bit he's got some hunches at least and so glissa is is sure that they're creatures you know right on mirrodin every person animal thing at least is some part metal and some part flesh or some part organic and so this is the quote here they're not alive, asked Glissa leaning against the goblin for support you see their metal blades and legs they're glass domes, huh? do you see any flesh, huh? any? said Slobad, pointing to the leveler well, I'm alive and have metal arms and legs you have a metallic uh, nose levelers are all metal, huh? said slow bad and so one of the things is slow bad ends most sentences with huh huh, huh? it's yeah? sort of this like it's sort of this like you know like yeah. i i in editing this podcast i have found so many times that i say you know you it's know just filler yeah you know it, there we go actually, <laughs> that was actually not intentional <laughs> oh. there is it's it's awful to cut out actually um <laughs> But there is there is that just little verbal tick that does make it seem less. We sort of we talked about this off air a little bit about how that sort of verbal uh, linguistic, you know, pattern Mm -hmm. is kind of a mark of, of lower education or, you know, sort of. Dialectism ism and, mm-hmm. and dialect always seems or I guess it's now technically called variety. Um, varieties always seem less than or less educated mm-hmm. than what's perceived as, as high that language or you know the, the average that language. So especially I, I've studied German and especially I think you speak German too right?
1: Very little. Okay. I studied some but I don't remember very little of it.
0: The, the primary the sort of average German language is called Hochdeutsch which means high German. You know, that's that is what is expected to be the. I mean, the it's, language of business. It's and, the Queen's
2: English. It's the right. it's mm-hmm. the proper way. It's people. Uh, I mean, in the U.S., we have people from the South. I can think of especially, or even from like certain parts of New York, Southie and Boston, as we were doing earlier. The,
1: the Valley Girl and yes, California. Mm-hmm.
2: You like actually try to learn that out. I mean, you try to learn to not speak like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. In- it's This is an interesting thing because so many things are interesting to me. Um, But language is how we communicate. Language is how we share ideas. Language is how we build our community and build our understanding and knowledge. And so I, th- I think it's a, it's a factor of we're judging people based on that fact subconsciously because it's just kind of a human survival thing that you're going to judge people based on certain factors. And when we've decided that language is, you know, an important factor for intelligence and things that we can do with our intelligence someone who can't speak probably isn't as intelligent and there's so many reasons why that's so wrong mm-hmm.
0: in this moment glissa kind of resists what we want to talk about today is, is friendship and building those communities building those ties those bonds she has that moment where she does become very selective and very off put like you said you know or, or put
2: slow off i guess mm-hmm. more so because of that and well, she makes exp- I mean she she makes judgments about him based on this alone. Mm-hmm. I mean it it is appearances is what we things we talk about his language alone is enough for her to kind of judge him as less than potentially.
0: Yeah. But, you know, over time we see throughout this story that they grow very close and they stick together throughout the entire trial and tribulation of the mirrodin cycle of stories from mirrodin uh, moons of mirrodin to dark steel eye to the fifth dawn and um i mean it's it's kind of great to see this friendship blossom to the point where you know we we see them numerous times you know sort of defend each other to other people um, you know, defend their friendship to other people. And, you know, even sort of, you know, in the, in the buddy cop sense, kind of take a bullet for each other here and there. And it's, it's incredible to see that, but it's, it's not, I I've seen online, a lot of people we, like sort of ship Glissa and Slowbat and, and, you know, ship, if you don't know, is the uh, sort of the online slang for, you know, they, they,
2: relationship
0: right conjecture them to be in a relationship in romantic
2: I right. mean when we're talking about shipping of characters it's it's to do with romantic and we've talked about this that whenever there is a, a friendship I, I think in magic the story in general if that friendship is seeming like oh there could be something more people really have this I think desire to want to make that into a relationship a romantic relationship
1: mm-hmm. and and I can understand some people who try to build that into the story it's it's fun to conjecture about the story and what's going on with these characters in the background and what's going to happen it's really fun to kind of make that our own and to, to well not just not necessarily to make it our own in some cases especially when you're doing like fanfic and things but also to bring yourself into it to engage with the story more but I really like the idea that they're not and I, I from what I've seen of the story and in fairness it wasn't a lot but from what I know of the story I don't see a lot of romantic uh, bet- between these two characters between Glissa and Slowbad and I, I like that I think it's important to have these friendships that are not romantic and it's and well romantic relationships are very important and it's very good to have those represented in, in magic in all sorts of different ways it's also important to have non romantic relationships in all sorts of ways
0: and I think it's interesting too to talk about Glissa and Slowbad in the sense of a a theoretical or or potential relationship you know again just to keep this since we're talking about it to keep this in the idea of what if to talk about this relationship in contrast to vraska and jace which we've seen in recent storylines in the ixalan storyline of magic the gathering um
1: and might see coming we'll hopefully see coming back very soon here in the Return to Return to Ravnica storyline. I'm
0: very excited to see what develops with that. That's actually, we talked about that in our Ravnica preview show, mm-hmm. Alex. Is, that's one of the things I'm most excited to see develop. I think you, mm-hmm. that was you yeah, as well. Too. Yeah, and, and so it is it is interesting because there was a little bit of will they, won't they with Frasca and Jace as well, and we never got like quite a bit of confirmation on that either. There was definitely like tinges of that, and I think a lot more than glissa and Slowbat ever had but i think it is interesting there to see again a relationship that is very connected that mm-hmm. is very meaningful to vraska and jace but doesn't necessarily have to blossom into a relationship maybe it does just stay a really close friendship mm-hmm. maybe it does you know stay a an unrequited love if it is love you know I, again like you're saying alex that whole spectrum is really mm-hmm. great to see because that is the human experience mm-hmm. you know that is our experience in life
1: well and one thing that happens a lot too is especially when you have a male and female character with friendships there's a lot of well it must be, there must be a romance there or maybe there's romance there in conjecture and sometimes like I said it can be fun to, to play with that with characters but ultimately I think it's good to have those those exact relationships where that doesn't happen Men and women of the same species or other species can be friends without there having to be romance, even the spark of it.
2: Let's go back to just talking a little bit about where Glissa and Slobad kind of end up. Because, as you said, there's initially kind of um, this—we're not even sure if she really wants him to be a friend. We don't know what she wants at this point. And they end up traveling together, and they have these adventures. And these adventures actually turn into— I mean, becoming very central to this plot or the storyline of Mirrodin's kind of surrounding Memnarch. So we've talked about this in our artificial planes episode. Meriden is actually an artificial plane created by Karn, our old buddy, um, who he really wanted this idea of like his own world where everything had that metallic element to it or that, that where, inorganic life. Where it was mathematically perfect. Yeah. Right.
1: Like a music box is how I, I like to think about yes.
2: it. Yes. And so... And what would happened was Karn can't actually get back to here because of Memnark. Is that right? Like, he mm-hmm. can't get back to this plane.
0: Which, if you know any of the cards or story from the Odyssey and Onslaught blocks, Memnarch was the Mirari, the, the powerful artifact that super screwed up Dominaria for a while, yeah. that eventually Karn gave life to and he became a golem and
2: protector of Myrdin.
1: And then it super screwed up Meriden.
2: Right. Right. And keeping it <laughs> it's to be a pattern. And keeping Karn from being able to get there, too, to even do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so while Glissa and um, Slobad are traveling, they actually run into another golem. I mean, this is actually one of the um, ones that we find in the story. They, their, their buddy cop movie becomes a trio. They pick up another friend. Uh, they pick up Bosh, uh, Iron Golem, along the way. They, they end up kind of in this situation, coming face-to-face with Karn. And they basically have a decision to make. Well, it, specifically, Slowbad has a decision to make.
0: At the end of this whole cycle of stories, we find out that it is Memnark, Karn's protector and, and you know, the former Mirari that has been kind of machining all this stuff to happen, no pun intended, on uh, Mirrodin. <laughs> Pond counters at seven. <laughs> that has been machining all this stuff to happen on Mirrodin. And his whole goal is... Essentially, to become like Karn. He wants to travel the planes with his father, basically. He has this weird complex about wanting to be like his, his creator. And so he machines this whole plot, draws Glissa in. He's, he's basically been farming souls across the entirety of Mirrodin to use their energy to power a machine to transfer Glissa's spark because she has a latent planeswalker spark. transfer her spark from her to him so that he can ascend into a planeswalker and all of this stuff happens along the way Slowbad is caught by Memnark and imprisoned for five years some sort of time and, and tortured horrendously and he's basically forced to construct the soul trap that will transfer finally the energy from all these souls into Memnark and then Glissa finds this, finds Slobad, fights Memnark and in this final confrontation, sort of, you know, again, Star Wars style at the end of Return of the Jedi, tumbles down into the reactor core with Memnark fighting him all the way as the fifth sun, the fifth dawn of Mirrodin erupts, the green sun, you know, comes out from the core and erupts and Glissa and Memnark are both killed. Glissa's spark leaves her body and looks for the sort of looks for the nearest living organic being, and that happens to be Slowbad, who is still in the control room. And it imbues him with its power and turns him into a planeswalker.
1: At and at this point in time in the story too, this was before the mending, so a planeswalker is nearly godlike power. This is this is not just he can walk the planes; he he would have great powers to do all sorts of whatever he wanted to do. To like, tinker. To tinker. Yeah. Well, no. his, limbs, stuff.
0: his limbs were cut off when Memnarch had him so that he was just basically a torso hooked into a machine. And once that spark hit him and he looked down and saw his body, it was completely whole again. That's the kind of power we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then all of a sudden, once Memnarch died, the spell that was protecting Mirrodin or keeping Karn out you know shattered and so planeswalkers could come and go Karn shows up and Slowbat is trying to reconcile what happened and what he saw and Karn is is trying to talk to him and say hey look here's all this power that you now have at your disposal you're a planeswalker like me come with me you're a tinkerer you do the things that I do you make artifacts you make life out of metal you're so much like me, let's do this. Like, here, I will mentor you and show you how to how to be this way. And Slowbad bless his heart, he has no gives no cares about this. He's like, "But where are my friends?" Yeah. And Karn said, "Well, they they died, you know. They they hadn't died, and then you got the spark and you became this Planeswalker and and so whatever, let's move on. Let's go." And Slowbad's like, "Okay." If I have this much power, how do I get my friends back? And Karn's like, "Why would you? Why would you want your friends back? This is that's not important." Slowbad keeps pressing him on that and just says he actually calls Karn Mister Shiny Pants, which I love. That's the. My, I mean, yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, mean, I mean, we did say genius level goblin here, right? So, oh, yeah. and, and he's not
0: wrong. No, he's, he's not absolutely wrong. not wrong. And so, yeah, in, in a moment of insult, like a kid kicking a, you know a solid brick wall, He's, he basically is like, hey, shiny pants, tell me how to get my friends back if I have all this power. That's all I want. I don't care about walking the planes. Like, he, he has a moment of consideration, I think, and as any brilliant, creative person would, he thinks, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it would be cool to see all this other stuff and think about what I could make with all this. But the ultimate decision he makes is, that doesn't matter. If I don't have... Glissa or Bosch who we also forgot to mention before but is the Iron Golem that they encounter along the way and help refurbish. If I don't have those two, I don't have anything and none of this matters. And that to me is one of the most beautiful heartwarming representations of what red in magic can be. If I don't have the people close to me, nothing else matters.
1: That's why, you know, the the real world topic to pair with his story is friendship. Right, that's what was important to him,
2: and and to the point of we talked about this before in the sense that um, he may have cut Karn off before he could l- allow himself to be persuaded. I mean, I remember that's the right. the quote kind of he, the the shiny pants thing kind of comes with like he basically cuts Karn off, and yeah. and and we questioned a little bit about did he do this because mm-hmm. he knows what that temptation is? He knows what.
1: Karn kind of tells him, you know, well, why don't you come with me and see, and then yeah. you can you can decide if this is something worth giving up, right? I, I think I don't know that it's explicitly stated, but I think I think you're right, Hobbs. It's so bad, basically says, no, I don't want to even be tempted. I'm yeah, not, yeah, it's not worth it. Whatever it is, it isn't worth it.
2: So I mean, this is what we have. We now he he gives up his spark to kind of have things go back the way that they were. I mean, his friends that were with him in the core will survive. Um, All the people who lost their lives in Memnarch's war come back to life as well. And as a
0: result of Memnarch dying, the soul traps that he had stolen creatures from tons of different planes. And so all of the soul traps release and all of the generations of Mm -hmm. creatures uh, that had populated Myriden for years and years and years, then immediately phase back to their planes yeah sort of chaos erupts because all the elders and leaders are gone yeah the
1: ones who were taken left but their descendants remain
2: yes yeah okay um and and now unfortunately this is where we get to the part that to me is the saddest part of this storyline so um mirrodin is is outside of us being on dominaria forever at the beginning of magic mirrodin is the first time that we really get to return to a, a plane um and what we basically return to it we almost pick up I think storyline wise after all of this has happened and Glissa and Slowbad rush out from where they were and this to me is one of the things that angered me the most about returning to Mirrodin Slowbad just is kind of unceremoniously killed I mean he, he, he dies like very unceremoniously
0: it's it's all the elders yeah. of the goblin yeah. tribes have you know instantly flashed back to whatever plane they were kidnapped from Yeah, and so now all these goblins don't have any leaders or elders, and they riot and go crazy.
1: And and the people on the plane don't understand what happened. They yeah. don't understand there's these nothing. people were sent home to right. what they understand. All these events happened, and then all of our elders are just gone. Mm-hmm. They're dead or disappeared or it doesn't really make a difference.
2: So there's chaos, confusion, and in amongst this now, after he gave up a spark to be godlike, because we're talking pre mending here, mm-hmm. he then just dies. I mean, he 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 like really, we don't, it's like an off-camera death. It's one of those ones that's always just kind of like the somebody walks in at the end of the movie and they're like, everybody's excited because the war has been won. And then they're like, oh, by the way, this person died while we weren't showing you. And Glissa, it, it changes her, right? I mean, we move from this mono green Glissa in the original storyline to Glissa's second iteration as this green black really kind of she becomes
0: corrupted by the Frexians
2: eventually, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's... But
0: part of that, I think, is that she succumbs to it. Right. You know, she She's, decides.
2: There, she she, there's no Slowbad. There's no friend there. And and it's so weird to me that we basically lose Slowbad in this way. Like, we return to Mirrodin, we don't get a new Slowbad. We there's return no to card. Mirrodin,
0: mm-hmm. and Slowbad dies and Mirrodin goes to hell. And I don't think that is a coincidence. I don't. You know, I don't think it's just uh, us talking about this... Uh, this character in this episode i mean slow was we, we mentioned slow as the most intelligent goblin in the story to this point but he's also one of the kindest and most compassionate and that to me is what brings this group together he you know he is he is weird sure we all have weird friends we're all weird we are sitting in this room all making faces at each other while each like, other is talking.
2: I was like, which one of us is the weird? F-? Aww, yeah, we're all the weird friends. <laughs> all the weird
1: friends.
0: <laughs> and so I, I think that's the thing, though, is he's that, that glue, that lovable glue. He's the Joey from Friends that binds that whole group together and makes it work. <laughs> and it, when that goes, it's just a bunch of people. You know what I mean? It's
1: and on that dark. De- and on that depressing note... Yeah! Let's talk we about have friendships? A, yeah, let's talk about friendships. <laughs> Friends get you through the darkness. At least the good ones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're going to talk about friendships now. And so, I mean, this is... We always tie in our magic story to a real world thing. And obviously we're talking about friendships. We've we talked a little bit about some elements of personal stories in our story discussion here. But... I mean really we want to talk about like what it is to have meaningful friendships have meaningful interactions with people and communities that matter I mean I I think too about just I guess a leaping off point is when I came back into magic a couple of years ago and and met you two I was completely uh, fish out of water like I had been out for basically ten years at that point I had no idea what was happening in the game. I just walked into Meat Hall. Yeah, Yeah. I walked into Meat Hall in downtown Minneapolis for a charity event that was being put on by our mutual friend Mike Lineman, Vorthos Mike, on Twitter. And I drafted some cards, and the deck sucked, but it was for charity, and it was fun. And then all of a sudden, I became what he calls a capital K, capital A, known associate.
1: Yeah, if you if you want to talk about friendship in the magic community, at least the, the Minneapolis local magic community, Mike Linneman, I think, uh, at Vorthos Mike, is is a really good um, a really good p- uh, pillar of, of that. He, like you said, the known associate. If if you've ever met Mike, like or follow him on Twitter, seen him talk, he, he talks about people as the known associates. That's his thing. And like like Joe, when I will, walked into this group, didn't really know a lot of people. I met a mutual friend of ours from uh, out northeast, Jeff Good, came into town and introduced you know me to a bunch of Minneapolis people who I'd never known before.
2: <laughs> I'm and, including me. I mean, I ended yeah. up bringing Jeff over to your old apartment and us yeah. hanging out because Jeff was staying with me yeah. because I had met him through Twitter and knew him. Yeah. So here I am now meeting a person in Minneapolis. Yep. Through somebody from Maine,
1: yeah, and th- you know, through through Jeff, through this group, met Mike Linneman, and his first thing, you're like, all right, now you're a known associate. You hang out with him. Now you're you're a magic player. You're a known associate, and just being part of that group and having that, it was, well, for me, it's I can't put it into words. And unfortunately, our entire format is words because that's what a podcast is. <laughs> but it was it was incredible to just be part of this community and just be brought into the community immediately. There wasn't questions. I showed up to the event, and it's all right. Now you're a known associate. How's it going?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like you you, you you've almost been vetted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is that we're talking about here is is this concept of community and this concept concept of friendship of not being isolated. Um, one of the things that I think is really important to think about with this storyline that I think struck me the most is when we meet Slowbad, he is living as a hermit. Um, he's had a pretty horrible life up to this point it's not like people have been or other beings have been good for slow bad he also though i mean that's part of the thing that we may talk about with his language he has to learn how to communicate i mean he has to learn how to interact with other creatures and beings sentient beings again he's been doing his own thing um and at that point, he seems to be the happiest that we know him. Mm-hmm. And I think what we learn, though, is that that's, it's not a true happiness. What we find is that it's... it's it, and I So coming from my psychological standpoint, a lot of what I talk about with people, one of the biggest things that I teach is social skills. And the idea is that humans are social beings at, their, at kind of their core. You can be a misanthrope. You can kind of not necessarily like a lot of people. You, you generally need to be around... People. You generally have to interact with them. And I would say that most of what I run into is people that maybe want to kind of think that they're misanthropes or that they're fine without people. And when you get deep down to it and you start talking, it's that they they, they don't. They actually feel miserable being isolated. They have been isolating for many, many years due to depression, schizophrenia, whatever it is, anxiety. They've been isolating and they've almost kind of forgotten how to talk to people. And it's like learning a skill because what they're saying is this isn't working for them.
1: Yeah, and to, to jump off that, that that fits me to a T some number of years ago. I have social anxiety and for a long time was very slowly narrowing kind of my world to just avoiding more and more things. Undiagnosed anxiety has a tendency to do that. You don't recognize that it's happening, but you're slowly just avoiding more and more. And then when I uh, actually hospital with a panic attack one day it was like okay i need to i need to get some help and i was able to see a a great therapist and started to work through this and magic was my way to learn how to talk to people and and that i thought that i was very much alone and i'm I'm still a a fairly introverted person and you know the the anxiety is always a present thing but as i I learned as i started to interact with people more to go to events go to grand prix and cons and just the local game store I'm actually a very outgoing person, despite the fact that I'm, I'm still an introvert. I need to spend time by myself to recharge, but I'm an outgoing person, and it's very important for me to have interactions with people.
2: Yeah, and like I said, it, it is a skill like anything else. When you don't do it, when you avoid, you do lose it. And I mean, I think that what we're finding is I, I really would have loved to have been there to see Slowbad and, and Glissa because I really do wonder what Slowbad was like um after having been basically a slave <laughs> run out and, and and probably thinking he didn't need anybody else and probably being very comfortable for many many years mm-hmm. with that lifestyle and then this elf <laughs> like i mean drops into his life kind of literally in amongst the levelers and he doesn't choose to basically send her on her way and ignore her or just yeah. leave
1: well and and there's some I don't know maybe hope or persistence in that story too because after three societies have enslaved or rejected him he tries again
2: right this elf yeah. right right
1: and that's when he finds this friendship that matters so much to him
2: yeah and picks up a golem along the way too
1: yeah golems are cool
2: i mean golems are cool i
1: mean and i'm pretty sure in slow bad's art that's him working on bosh
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: like yeah those two those two were tight
2: yeah
0: Just a tinker and his golem. Um, (laughs) That's some more artwork we need. uh, I specifically wanted to talk to you about the kind of the known associates title. So when we see kind of what you were saying, Hobbs, when we see Glissa and Slowbad first meet, Slowbad probably doesn't really know if he wants or needs anybody in his life. Glissa, I'm not sure, also knows that. She also has had a really screwy past week and her whole family's gone and her whole world has changed and she's probably like I don't know what this weird goblin is talking about and I don't know that I want him around but sort of the known associate title that we had is you know we kind of all were put into this bucket by somebody who was very friendly very outgoing very effervescent very excited about a lot of things and we all became Known associates. We weren't necessarily Alex, Hobbs, and Joe. We were all known associates. And so that gave us kind of an easy way of talking and communicating with each other and just getting to know each other and finding out about each other without any real pressure. It wasn't, I, I feel like there is this pressure of expectation almost when you throw around the F word friend. You know, sometimes there can be expectation about that. Like, you know, they, there's the old saying of however many years you've known somebody is, you know, it's that times $100 is what you'd pay to get them out of jail if, if you ever had to bail them out. You know, and so for my <laughs> oldest friend, I probably would go bankrupt. But, um, you know, with a known associate, that's it's kind of a funny title. It's kind of goofy, there isn't that sort of expectation or weight put on it to be anything more than a buddy who plays cards, you know, or somebody that you interact with when you're
2: around, but you don't need to be in contact with all the time. You know? I mean, we, we did the GP here and we planned basically a barbecue and I had this barbecue at my house. I'm a pretty trusting person. I'm willing to have people over part of what got people invited outside of the normal, just, straight minneapolis group was people being kind of twitter known associates being people that i had interacted with enough to feel comfortable to allow into my house to cook food for to hang out with i mean i had developed friendships from even afar and i think this is one of the things that i've talked about a lot when it comes to twitter I have had people who I never met in person or spent time with in person stay at my house. I've, And part of what that is is either stupidity on my part, naivete, <laughs> or, or this vetting process or this kind of known associate thing that makes me a lot more willing to put myself out there. And it does help that you know each time I've done this I haven't been burned. And I think that what you're kind of talking about with the way that happened that's how we've when we've had events at at gps we've organized them by making them expanding who we're opening to by people we've interacted with and we know that they're friends of friends i mean i don't really fully want to go here but this can end up with us hanging out with people that don't necessarily aren't good people and that gets found out i will say in the long run and it, it doesn't necessarily reflect badly it just means that there wasn't enough information but we gave people chances um to learn about them and to maybe spend time with them and maybe that lasted for one gp um versus people that keep coming back and we're doing cubes with and we're hosting events with and we're
1: doing podcasts with
2: doing podcasts oh. with Aw <laughs> guys we just had a moment <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't want any moments um but anyway but <laughs> just saying that like This idea of developing community, kind of (laughs) developing community is something that can happen even when some of us have struggled with trust or we've had to rebuild that avoidance or that piece of kind of slowly coming to something. But having that idea that you know that you can show up and you're going to be invited in to do a cube or you're going to be invited in to have a meal. Well, and it's not just, I I like
0: that. It's not just starting from zero. That's the nice thing. Because I think for a lot of people, when you meet a stranger in in your day-to-day life, you start from zero. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just zero. It's neutral. But kind of when you're in a group like that, and, and this, I hope this doesn't sound like bragging. I think everybody listening to this has some sort of group like this, whether or not they realize, but where they can step into that group and start above zero. They start as a known associate. They start as somebody. Point is, you step in to this. I'm sure everybody listening to this has some sort of group that you step into, and you're instantly at above average trust and comfort, whether or not you realize it. Sometimes in social situations, yeah, you have to be at neutral, and sometimes you start behind the eight ball. But I think those groups that you do start in that comfort zone that you feel welcomed in, that's those are the groups that you can call friendships those are the groups that you can call known associateships you know whatever it is that that title that makes you comfortable I mean I'm just thinking about my new job Uh, you know I I, I told people all over I work for the Postal Service now and I have never found a company or a group of, of work people that have been more accepting more caring and more kind that when you know, you've know you been given what the paper says is eight hours worth of a route and it somehow stretches into nine and a half, you're not blamed for it. And in fact, people come out to help you and go, okay, I'll take this street, I'll take this street. You go do those ones and get back before six and we're all gonna get in and we're all gonna be good. It's not any one person that is important. It is the group. And it's the knowledge that not only are they going to help you today, but that you're going to help them tomorrow. And you're both going to help somebody else three months from now. And it's all about the well-being of everybody.
2: I mean, I think this is getting kind of bringing this full circle to why we chose Slow Bad. I mean, we part of what we want to be doing is pretty consistently doing these goblin profiles. Slow Bad got chose for our second one because of this relationship, this friendship with Glissa that developed. Pulling together kind of that idea that magic is this community. It's kind of why it's the social aspect.
1: Well, that's one of the things that makes magic such an interesting game. Magic as a game is designed to have multiple people coming together and being involved together.
0: There are people around you playing magic and talking about magic and if nothing else, there's our community on the internet that you can connect with, and we are more than happy to help with that, and everyone else around us is too. I mean, that's that's our main stated mission, is to help better and grow the community of Vorthoses and Magic the Gathering, and we're assuming that's why you're listening to this podcast, is because you love Magic, and you love Magic's story, and you want to help be part of this community.
1: I mean, and if you love magic and are kind of so-so in the story, you're still welcome, but we're going to talk about story a lot. I'm sorry about that. Well, we're not really that sorry.
0: That's our show. The show can be found on Twitter at Goblin Pod, or you can email us any questions, comments, or concerns at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com Joe Redeman can be found on Twitter at Findhorn, that's F-Y-N-D Horn Hobbs Q can be found at Hobbs Q and Alex Newman can be found at Alexander New M Goblin Lore is a member of the Geek Therapy Network Geek Therapy celebrates how geek culture can save the world through podcasts videos blog posts community outreach education and convention appearances It's a network of like-minded creators who believe that all different facets of nerd culture are important to understanding how our minds and communities work. Check them out at geektherapy.com or at geektherapy on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.